Hi folks, before we get started, we'd like to take a moment to let you know some of the content on this podcast may not be suitable for some audiences. It's all in good fun, but we just wanted to let you know. You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Jay and Dan Podcast, episode 86. Glad you're here. Uh, we're on top of our game. We've had only one day off since the last podcast because of the baseball postseason. So we've been we've been running, uh, burning the candle at both ends and the middle. And I will say this, Dan, uh, our coverage, FS1's coverage of the American League Championship Series with the Blue Jays and the Royals has been warmly received by our neighbors to the north. Every, every tweet we receive from our listeners and our fans in Canada, everyone's like, I love your coverage. You uh, should do every Jays game. More Harold Reynolds. More Joe Buck. They don't, I don't think anyone realizes Tom Verducci's there. I've never heard a negative thing about it. Here's the oh. only thing I'll say about it. <clears throat> we love all our guys that do our, our uh, broadcasts because they're amazing people. Right. They're, they're, you meet them and you're like, wow. They are all nice. Joe Buck is so nice. Mm-hmm. People just don't like change. So if you're used to listening to to Buck Martinez and Pat Tabler all year long, and then yep. all of a sudden, three guys that you haven't listened to all year, yeah, right. you're, you, it's change. People don't like change. And maybe Kenny Albert's doing the games and says Toronto, and that's annoying. I get it. It gets annoying if you know that's not how it's But here's how you should see it, Canadian viewers and Canadian fans of the, the Blue Jays. The reason these guys are doing the games your team's in the playoffs. Yeah. You go to the next level. You're on that stage. You're on the world stage. So you get the the best of the best. And we appreciate people saying that we should be doing the games, but. That would be a disaster. We are not qualified to do we that. We want no. you to so enjoy just, the show. Just sit back and enjoy the guys calling the game. Or I say do this. If you don't like the call, turn the, uh, turn the call down and uh, put on some music and just watch. That's yeah. what I do, actually. I mean, I love our call, but I. I just listen to tunes. I, I like, like hearing tunes. the crowd. Eh, I know what they sound like. I can see. Your I thoughts. Someone was complaining last night. Um, so we're, we're broadcasting or taping this during uh, a potential elimination game for the Blue Jays. They're currently leading the Royals 5 nothing mm-hmm. in game number five. So and we're on our show, Fox Sports Live, is on right after. That's right. That's right. So we're taping this. Uh, but someone tweeted out last night after uh, the, the Mets went up three games to none and they, they showed a shot from a bar in New York of people mm-hmm. cheering. They said, uh, what, are you surprised that people are cheering? Why did they show that shot? I like those shots. No, you mean the bar shots? Yeah. I love those. Those but are great shots. Some uh, media critic was was complaining, saying, why are you showing that? Well, oh, that's stupid. Because you, you feel the energy. You're like, wow, that must be so cool. They're in... <laughs> Exactly. They're in Chicago's park. They're, they want to get the perspective of how Net- Mets fans are celebrating back home in Queens. What's the problem? That's a stupid thing to say. I agree, Dan. Uh, right. Playoffs have been fun. Toolsy, the book. You've got it. Yeah, Jay dropped uh, this book off. Um, oh, that's nice. You signed it. Uh, I'm the a- juicy man. Says Dan, you, uh, just the letter U, and then an R, and then... You are nice, and the C is backwards, and it says J. Yeah, I can't spell. That's Lil Sketch. So that's what you'll get at the book signings. <laughs> that's it. A lot of misspelled words and backward letters. So this is my first time seeing the book, and, and I flipped through it. And, and uh, Peter Schrager, a friend of the podcast, our NFL insider, he wrote the foreword. Uh, you might remember 
last forward to the book number one, it was this page, the front page, and then just a paragraph on the second page. Yeah, written by Dan uh, O'Toole. Peter Schrager's is one. Uh, a two a page, a three page, uh, a four page, a five page. Schrager <laughs> pager. <laughs> it's a terrific forward, too. I think you're going to really like it. The book comes out Tuesday. Can I just quickly Tuesday say Tuesday the our, date. What's the date? Uh, the 27th of October. Can I just say to our, our podcast listeners and viewers, go to jayonright.com right now and pre-order this bad boy. Because the pre-orders count for first week sales. We want to get a big first week. We want it to be a best-selling. But you can get it on Oh, yeah. But you can you probably to, got it on Indigo. Well, here's the thing, Dan. If you go to jayonright.com and click on the book, it'll say pre-order from Amazon, pre-order from Indigo, pre-order from, what am I missing? Oh, so oh HarperCollins itself. So that website's not connected to you at home where you're packaging the books yourself. What's no. a web page? Down goes the book. Fell down. No, I'm packaging all the books individually and sending them out all over North America and the world. Uh, so anyway. Uh, oh, and you geez, can also sorry, go to jnandan.com because uh, there will be a link there as well. Yeah, so yes! please pre-order that book. And uh, I'm going to be in Canada all through the month of November doing a book tour. So go to jonright.com. You'll see all the dates. I want to see out. I want you to see it. Come on out. I'm not leaving any book tours until the last person decides to leave. So in the past, I had to go. No, see, this is the thing, Tulsi. In the past, I would show up, right? And I'd have like an hour and then I have to get on a plane or something. This time, I made sure that I'm staying in the town that evening. <laughs> I'm coming, baby! <laughs> so if you want to have sex in the bookstore, I'll stay and have sex with you. If you want to uh, have me slap your mother, I'll do that. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, yeah, if, who's hard? If you want... If you want me to tickle uh, my choda, I'll do that for you. But I, you've got to come out to the book I signing. hope you get some creep just stands there and say, hey, there's oh, on. Oh, oh, oh. So you stand for a while? <laughs> you want me to sign that book? Nah. I'm going to wait. Wait this one out. You're going to wait till you leave. Then I'm going to follow you to your car. I'm just going to hop in a cab, maybe head back to the Fort Gary Hotel. Oh, I have an update on my place of residence oh god here we go i don't think i mentioned my wagon got stolen i don't think i've mentioned on the, the podcast my kids have a, a tremendous wagon you can drag it on the beach like it's it's not like a, a plastic wagon that costs 10 bucks at toys r us this is this is top garbage wagon <laughs> someone stole the wagon so long my and then i arrived home yesterday up. And they said uh this big write-up from the management saying no nah, there's, there's been a, a rash of uh bike thefts, and other such things. And yeah. I said, here's some tips. The first tip was, when going to your car, don't be fumbling with your keys. Uh, am I going to get jumped in my parkade? By the way, parkade, again, a name, a word Americans do not know. Yeah, garage. Americans, it's a garage. Americans don't know that so, word. So I might die in my building. I, I think all of us assumed that you would die in your building. Like, they assumed that that would eventually happen. And hey, it just kind of shows what kind of youth is living today. On the Canadian Wall of Fame this week. Oh, yeah. Hockey Hall of Famer, native of Spruce Grove, Alberta, and legendary goaltender for four of the five Edmonton Oilers Stanley Cups. It's Grant Fuhrer, everybody. <laughs> I used to be in love with his DNR pads because they were so unique. He had uh, so many cool masks, and uh, 
Yeah, he was just the best glove hand in the West. He was a cool cat, man. He so, still is. So you're thinking, that's pretty cool. They put him on the Wall of Fame. Uh, guess who our guest is today? Oh, my God. This is Pete so fun. Rose. Pete Rose Play is ball! on the pod. Pete Rose is in studio on the podcast, Dan. How great is that? Before we get to him, should we touch our bag? Well, Let's the, do uh, it. When, uh, we have, Adam we, Enzo sent in Grant Fuhr. Adam Enzo. Adam, 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 thank Adam. you, Adam, for that nominee. I, uh, that that disembodied voice is Mike. He uh, he helps with the podcast only, if you're new to the only podcast. Only guy here. Today. He's the only guy no, here. And, and what, and Wilfredo doesn't exist? Yeah, what about Wilfredo? Of the regulars. Well, he's a Wilfredo regular now. Wilfredo's a new regular. Time. Yeah, new regular. Jeez. Uh, Jim was here. We've lost him. Jim. <laughs> Taking a he's long okay. lunch. Uh, and then Pat said, and I quote... Uh, I'm not coming across town to do the podcast. And today. half of because we already did half. By across town, he means 15 minutes, a 15 minute drive. So thanks, Pat. We've really fallen behind on Touch My Bag uh, due to my absence last week. Well, actually, mm-hmm. I showed up. I got here on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's. Uh, mm-hmm. let's it's t- time to touch their bag, the J and Dan mailbag. <laughs> this one's from Ian Arojo. Restaurant poop stories, the subject line. Hey, Jay and Dan. I'm Ian and a loyal listener since day one. I was the guy who tweeted at Schrager last year in Indy hoping to meet him. I'm from Manitoba, used to work at Smitty's Restaurant. Oh, good pancakes. One time my boss came to work in the morning to open the restaurant and went into the staff bathroom. And to his surprise, his first step was met with a steamy pile. Someone had dropped a deuce on the floor. Only people who work there have access to that washroom, but no one has ever taken credit for it. A waitress had been fired the night before, so everyone's pretty sure it was her as a farewell present. Hmm. That's this, a good way to go out. This is how she earned her This is how she earned her the nickname Public Enemy Number Two. Again, <laughs> I, I was still, not misreading any of that. Still. I was reading it word for word how Ian typed it. Who are you? Mike Botticella? Yeah. I can do that better. <laughs> that was uh, I like Public Enemy number two. Speaking of which, number two, my new book out Tuesday, October twenty seventh. So you know what you should do? Maybe starting next week or this week, read like a paragraph, an excerpt. I could do that. Let's get. Let's keep going to the touch my back. This one's from Jeremy Walker. Dan, I specifically insisted we read this one this week for a very good reason. It goes like this: Hey guys, I'm a huge fan from Atlanta, Georgia. It always surprises me when you say there aren't a lot of American fans of the pod, but you've got at least three fans that I know about. Anyway, I don't have much of a question, so I'd like to get to your opinion on something. I slept with an extremely fat girl in college to write a research paper for me. I got a B, but also chlamydia. (laughs) Worth it? Also, I made an homage to Dan at CKDJ. Love you, bods. So there's the question. Uh, slept with an extremely fat girl in college to write a research paper. Got a B, good grade. Also got a sexually transmitted disease from said girl. Worth it? I think uh, I think the, everyone came out a winner on that. I agree. You'll, you'll have something to remember her by. You get a good grade. And she gets some sexual satisfaction. And he does too. I think it. I think it's a win-win for you, Jeremy Walker, and we're thrilled. We'd love to hear from more American fans of the pod. I've got I'm, one right here. Do you? I'm hearing more and more from American fans. I think the word is getting out down here in the states. This is uh, from Eldon Barton. 
subject Calgary vacation. I'm a big Arizona Coyotes fan in Salt Lake City, Utah. Got a friend in Calgary who wants me to visit in March to watch the Yotes take on the Flames. Maybe even head to Edmonton the next night for the Oilers. What are the must-do things on a first-time visit to Calgary and Edmonton that'll guarantee a good time? Side note, I'm Mormon, so no bars or strip clubs, so Forget maybe, sex, buddy. Maybe just the hockey games, he says. Also, get Tyson <laughs> Nash back on the pod. Love that guy on the Coyotes broadcast. Couldn't hey, agree more on the Tyson he's Nash. He's great. Uh, uh, you know Edmonton better than me, but if you if you go to Edmonton and walk the, the River Valley, it's beautiful. Yeah, like in the... I would say 82nd Ave, White Ave, is a great place to go wander around. And I was about to say they have a lot of great bars, but they also have a lot of great restaurants, so you don't have to worry about drinking if uh, that's not something you do. Check out the the Oilers' new rinks coming around. Uh, Go downtown. Check out the—they call it the Ice District, Dan. That's what they're calling the uh, the area around. Yeah. What do you think of that name? That's weak. Because it's freezing? Is that why? That seems like because a bad it's choice. Near near the rink. And then another thing you're going to have to do, Toolsy, is you're going to have to go to West Edmonton Mall. I know it's a cliche, but it's still the largest mall in Canada, one of the largest in the world. You got to go to West Ed. And in Calgary, beautiful city. I don't know it that well. I, I do enjoy visiting. You want to go to Peter's Drive-in? A oh yes, famous fifties uh, style drive-in. Milkshakes are unreal. Delicious burgers and shakes. Um, maybe you want to go down to. Uh, Eau Claire Market downtown. Wander around a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Help me out, Calgarians. Then, then you can go up on the hill there that overlooks the saddle. Then that's a nice view. Well, here's what I would do, Toolsy. I'd hop. I'd hop in the rental car. I'd drive to Banff. I mean, you're not. That's such a beautiful. I mean, I know Utah is also beautiful, ski hills and everything, but you can't beat Banff. I mean, it's so beautiful there. Looks like Pete's ready to go. Our guest. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule, and it actually is busy. Yeah, you can put those on. Yep, perfect. we're taping, right? You yeah, got it. we're on right we're, now. We're rolling right now. And by the way, you can swear all the f- you want. No, I don't do that. Okay, good. <laughs> so, Pete, we got to start with something. I don't, you, I don't know if you remember, but last week I was racing to get to a flight to Vegas, and you yeah. said, "Well, I'm driving after. Yeah. Could I have gotten a ride with you?" Sure. Really? Absolutely. Oh, but, my God. But when it took four and a half hours from here. Yeah, but I thought you were just, like, being nice. I thought you nice. were in a hurry. I thought you had a, a hot deck you were trying to get to <laughs> or something like that. He had an empty Maybe her name was Joyce. I remember hot deck. You know what I'm talking so about. So I really blew it. <laughs> I really blew it. Yeah, yeah. So what, what, what's that like a drive with Pete Rose out to Vegas? Do you have the cigars going, maybe some brandy in the back? Now, first of all, you, you guys have to understand a couple of things. I don't smoke and I don't drink. Okay. Never did. All right. But, really? Uh, and I do, and I put the thing on seventy nine, and I don't go over seventy nine because okay. I'll pull you over for going eighty, and it doesn't matter if I go one hundred and twenty or if I go fifty. It's going to take four or four hours and fifteen minutes. But are you driving or is someone driving you? I feel like I'm someone's driving. driving. What do you mean? What are you driving? What are you driving out there? Bentley. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, so I could have ridden so in a Bentley. It's, 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 it's not a nineteen twenty nine. Uh, you know. T-top Ford. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a nice... So it's here, actually, it drives itself. I just sit there and answer the phone and make all my phone calls. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to propose. Jay and I both go with you in a ride to Vegas. We film the whole thing, put it online, and it's going to be gold. Well, if that's the case, then you guys drive, and I'll sit in the back seat. Yeah, I like that. Fine. Yeah, like that sounds Michael good. Jackson or somebody. <laughs> so you've been out in Vegas. You you sign autographs. Yeah. Um, what's it like living out there? It's fun. It's, uh, I lived in L.A., uh, in Sherman Oaks. Uh, I lived in uh, uh, Boca Raton, Florida. I'm from Cincinnati. 
Uh, Vegas is what it's about, man. It's, it's, it's the only city where my gig works. What is my gig? I go to work every day at 12 o'clock, sign autographs for four and a half hours at the mall. Uh, now I get up off work and go to my restaurant, which is down on Las Vegas Boulevard, about 5 o'clock till 7 o'clock. So I have a full day. And um, because of the different, you know, the thousands of people coming in and leaving Vegas every three days, it's the only city where that gig works. It's almost like a re- it's like Celine Dion doing a residency in Vegas or, or Elton Yeah, but John, she's making right? millions, millions of dollars. Celine, <laughs> another Canadian, I believe. That's right. <laughs> yes, yes, nicely done. Yes. So her, the Pete, her and Justin Bieber. The Pete Rose Bar and Grill just yeah. opened. Just opened about two weeks ago. We're doing well. If you walk out the front door of Aria and go across Las Vegas Boulevard, there's a Chili's on the second floor. <laughs> You don't look like a Chili's guy. No, no, no. Chili's he like a Pete Rose. He tried a Del Taco the other night. Chili's is instant uh, bathroom journey. Yes, yes. So, do you Alpha and Frank Seltzer. Thomas now? Do you just go and talk restaurants now? Because he's yeah, got Frank's his restaurant. Well, I had restaurants when I lived in Florida. Yep. I had Pete Rose's uh, ballpark cafes down in Boynton Beach and Boca Raton, Florida. So, the restaurant business is, is not something that's new to me. Uh, it's like signing autographs. It's fun because I'm around people. I get along with people. You know, I like to talk to people. And obviously, if people don't like you, they're not going to come in your restaurant. Okay? If, if people didn't like you, they're not going to call your radio show. True. You know, if people don't like you, they're not going to get in the line to buy an autograph. So I'm around positive situations all the time. Do you, are you enjoying this gig with Fox? This yeah, it's TV fun. Gig? It's fun. Uh, I do. I, I kind of got a routine. I, I go to work. I get off at 4.30. Now I'll go to the restaurant, like I said. But I normally go get me a Subway salad. I got my hard-boiled eggs and my salad dressing at home, and I'll just start watching baseball games. Right. Now it's football games. In a month or so, it'll be basketball games. And uh, because I have to know what's going on in the world of sports even more now because I'm affiliated with Fox. Right. But before that, it was just I had to watch two or three games a day because people were going to come in and get an autograph. They want to talk about their favorite team or the, the game of baseball. But at the same, they're coming uh, to see you, Pete. I mean, that's amazing yeah. that you're taking the time to think. Okay, I got to have something to talk about. Well, what else about. am I going to do? Sit home and watch Days of Our Lives? Yeah, you could. <laughs> <laughs> How has the game changed? Because you were playing in the heyday of baseball. I played like, in the '60s, it, the '70s, and the '80s. Here's how the game's changed. I, you guys may disagree with this. I think you know a little bit about this. I think the biggest change I've seen in sports the last thirty years is the press. Too intrusive? I think I think that everyone's looking for a negative story. Mm. And everybody believes everything that they read. Just like all of a sudden, Patino the last couple of days. Right. Who's a great guy, by the way, and a hell of a coach. A Hall of Fame type coach. Now, did did he know what was going on? I don't know. But all of a sudden, the, the public thinks he did. Right. Because of the press. They're already persecuting him The before. public thinks that uh, Roger Clemens took steroids because of the press. Right. And he's never flunked the test, and he's been in the three courts. I'm not here to defend Roger Clemens, but uh, he's a friend of mine. And, and, you know, if you got a drug test he flunked or if you saw him with a syringe or something, then okay. But uh, don't go on hearsay. Hearsay can kill a lot of people in this country. So, but in the, but it, also it's social media, right, Pete? Yes. Like in the old days, yes. you, you know, you were able to go out yes. with, with everybody on the Reds and you could go to the bar and you wouldn't Absolutely. have to worry about cameras in your face and... I mean, it's different now for these guys. They have to be so much more social media savvy. Yeah, I don't think I could have made it today. I mean, wow, I, think you, <laughs> I mean, I think you could have made it. No, I, I mean, after after the game, right? Because uh, we went out, and we had fun. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't drink, but we still went in the in the places where girls hung around and stuff like that. So, 
you have to be very careful. I mean, I, I have to be careful where I'm working in Vegas because, you know, somebody come in, they'll put their arm around you, give you a kiss on the cheek, and, and all of a sudden it's it's posted, and my, my fiancé say, who's that girl kissing you? <laughs> <laughs> well, babe, she had her turn. She had her head turned. She was 93 years old. <laughs> Don't worry about it, okay? You didn't uh, see jealousy. her wrinkles because she was like this. <laughs> uh, hey, come on. Pete, I was watching old highlights last night, and whenever I, I look at the, the highlights from your era, I, I'm transfixed by the turf and how much longer careers would have been if that turf wasn't... Because it was like playing on, like on cement, wasn't it? No, no. Really? I, and I kind of disagree with that. Let me tell you why. Because people ask me, what were your favorite ballparks? You know what my answer is? Any place that AstroTurf. Really? I loved AstroTurf because most of the AstroTurfs, like the one we're watching in, in Toronto, are real soft. Yeah. yeah. Now, if it gets worn out like it was in 76 in Philadelphia, then it's like playing on cement. But you're not out there that long. I mean, now, if I'm a football player and I got a 290-pound uh, defensive uh, tackle throwing me down on a frozen AstroTurf, I don't like AstroTurf. But let me tell you something. We moved into Riverfront Stadium in 1970, and that was a that was an AstroTurf field. And economically, we played nine years without a rainout in Cincinnati because of AstroTurf. They had the Zamboni, yep. you know. Uh, because when you're, it, yeah. Yeah, when you're playing in Cincinnati and you go 50 miles north, you got Dayton. The 90 miles northeast, you got Columbus. 70, 70 miles uh, south, you got Lexington. 90 miles southwest, you got Louisville. Uh, east, uh, west, you got Indianapolis. Then you got Huntington and Charleston. And all the people come from 90 miles around to see a Reds game. And they can't come if you're not going to be able to play with a little bit of rain. Mm-hmm. And so That's economically, it really helped us. And and defensively, you can be very aggressive on AstroTurf because the ball's not going to take a bad hop. I guess once you figure it out, right, it's your turf. You know yeah. the angles. You know yeah. it bounces. Then yeah. it's more Because I, I don't think it was fair what happened to Tony Kubek in the World Series in 1960 when the ball took a bad hop and hit him in the throat. You, you, you remember about that? You know anything about that? And it cost the Yankees a World Series because of a bad hop because of a bad field. I don't think that's really fair because you can't practice it. If you that's can't right. practice it, it's not, it shouldn't be in the in, in the game. Blue Jay great Tony Fernandez injured, injured his and, elbow on and that I played turf. It, I played in Montreal, too, which I really enjoyed Montreal. I was a little disappointed, uh, to be honest with you, because we had a good team. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we had Tim Raines, who's a hell of a player. We had Andre Dawson, a Hall of Famer. We had Gary Carter, a Hall of Famer. You know, we had Steve Rogers. We had Charlie Lee. We had Brent Smith. We had uh, uh, Yak, uh, uh, Jeff Reardon in the bullpen. We had Francona. We had Wallach. We had Chris Spire. You know, we had Doug. We had good players. We a, just and, and you had teams coming to Montreal, and you uh, could take advantage because they took advantage of the nightlife when they were there. Chez Perry. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Chez Perry. Still open, by the way, Pete. We can go. <laughs> <laughs> the three of us could go. No, hey, I, we just, we, we had a nice guy as our manager, Bill Verdon. But I just, you know, every once in a while you get a team that, the team don't fit the manager. Or the manager don't fit the team. We needed we needed more of a. And he was a good player, by the way, with Pittsburgh, and a nice gentleman, by the way. But he just wasn't the right personality for that ball club. We needed a kick-ass manager like a Dallas Green mm-hmm. or like a Billy Martin, you know, someone like a Tommy Lasorda. Like just guy yeah. with a burr up his butt. Yeah, because yeah. because you guys know when you're around each other, which we are as baseball players for five or six months, including spring training, you kind of take on the personality of the manager. And if you're laid back as a manager, your players are going to be laid back. Well, what do you think of John what? Gibbons then? He's yeah. laid back. He's laid back. Yeah. So he's you think back. he's the wrong manager for well, that I, team? I, I, 
Like, how do you think? They don't have a lot of players like me. I mean, that approach the game like me. They they got a great team, but they're home run hitters. Right. You know, that's the way the game is played today. But what about how he's managing the bullpen, Pete? Like, what's your thoughts on that? You know, I don't ever second-guess a manager. I'll tell you guys why. Because in, in, as far as I'm concerned, nobody in the world knows the Toronto Blue Jays better than John Gibbons. Right, correct. Okay, or no one knows the Kansas City Royals better than Ned Yost. So I'm not going to second-guess because of the way he uses bullpen. Because he, know, he knows who's going to pitch, who has the rest, who don't have the rest. And I don't want anybody second Because when I managed the Reds for five years— I don't think I ever sent the wrong pinch hitter up there or brought in the wrong the, the, the wrong pitcher. But it don't always work that way. Right. And people don't understand it's sports, okay? It's like you guys show. You you got a good show. Why? Because you're good. Okay? If you're you know what makes a good manager? Good players. <laughs> not, not good players that play mediocre, good players that play good. Yeah. Okay? And I got one joke to tell you. Are we on the air? I mean, oh yeah. yeah. We're I remember one time we were at an all star game. <laughs> no, I mean we're on camera. Oh, yes. yeah, 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 we are. Yeah. We're, uh, we were at an All-Star game one time. It's kind of a funny story. And it was the only All-Star game out of 17 we lost. We were playing in Detroit. And the night before, I was at this restaurant, and Willie Mays was at the next table. Willie's the best, man. He oh, was, just Willie Mays. Yeah. Oh, and he was such a good dresser, man. And he had this light gray shark skin suit on, this white shirt, and this purple tie. He gets up. He says, I'll be right back. I got to the restroom. And he comes back, and Willie's like this, man. He's he comes back and he's away. He's like this, and he had he had water all over both sides of his pants. And I said, Willie, what the, what the hell's going on? Willie's like this. He says, Man, he says you ain't gonna believe this. He said I was in there taking the piss. The guy said, Ain't you Willie Man? <laughs> <laughs> That's a <laughs> pissed on me. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> then another time I'm playing in Cincinnati, and Shag Crawford, who was uh, Jerry Crawford, an umpire who retired three years ago, and his, his brother Joe is an NBA official. He's umpiring behind home plate, and he's down on one knee. And I'm just a kid, and he's white as a ghost. And I looked at him and said, Shaggy, all right? Because I like to umpire. I said, Shaggy, all right? He said, just swing the goddamn bat. I said, pardon me? He said, I don't give a shit if you rolls it up there. I'm calling strikes. I said, Shag, what's the problem? He said, St. Guillen as a catch for the Pirates. He said, he's belching, he stinks, and he's farting, and it's all standing home plate. <laughs> I was wondering about that. 50-minute yeah. game. Fastest game I've ever played in my life. I was wondering about that. St. Guillen sit back there going... Yeah. He had Del Taco the night before the game. I remember saying Gann told me one time he he was a he was a great catcher, but he was the ugliest <laughs> in the world. Okay. I mean, he was so ugly when he was born, the doctor slapped his mother. Okay. That's how, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's how ugly he was. And he told me he used to call me Pierre. He said, He said, Pierre, I have a problem. I said, What's the what's the problem, man? He, he says, I have a nine kids. I said, well, what's the problem? He said <laughs> He says, He says, I have a daughter. I said, What's the problem? I said, I said, she she looked like me. I said, what's the problem? He said, she gonna be old maid. <laughs> can we do? How much longer do we have, Pete? For yeah, we, got, we got some time. Okay, can we do a rapid fire with Pete? I got some. Sure. Uh, we yeah. got some good questions with Pete here. Can we can we cue up the rapid fire uh, sting for him? Yeah. Mike. Good. Mike's Mike? not ready. It's... And hit it. Rapid fire. There it is. <laughs> Biggest prick you ever played with? Um, you mean like biggest prick or the guy who had the biggest? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like the biggest? <laughs> both. You know, we didn't have we didn't have guys we didn't get along with. Really? And I can honestly tell you, you know, I played twenty four years. I I can't even name a prick 
that I played against. But a guy They're, you just couldn't no, get along with? No, no, no one? No, no, we, we, we weren't like that in Cincinnati. We weren't like that in Philadelphia. And, of course, Montreal was a great bunch of guys, too. You know, because usually if you're a prick for a team, they weed you out and get you out of there. Interesting. Uh, but I, I, I can always just say I didn't know one. Can a, I see, oh, sorry. Baseball players are a different breed. I'm watching the games with you guys during the playoffs. So you got Max Scherzer in there. You got A-Rod. You got Frank Thomas. You got Raul Obanya, CJ Nikowski, yourself. And everyone just gets along. Yeah. And it's a good energy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you have to because you're around each other so long. You know, you're you're traveling with each other. You're in the shower room all the time. You're in the clubhouse. You're on the buses. You're on the airplanes. I mean, if you got an there, it's, it's it's just going to create bad chemistry yeah. that you don't need. So what do you, what happened? What do you think with Papel Bond and Harper? There is that a situation where a guy's coming in late in the season? I was talking understand? to Max the other day about that. You know, he's on that ball sure, club. Sure, yeah. And you know what he told me the other day that uh, uh, that was overblown, which uh, you know we don't know. We weren't there. And he said, by the way, he said Bryce Harper wants Papelbaum to be back next year. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which I thought was kind of interesting. And, not, and 99% of the time, that kind of confrontation happens in the clubhouse, right? You're not well, going to see I, that. I don't think it's anybody's job to, to single out a player and grab him by the neck or something in right. the dugout. If you're a veteran player and a young player makes a mistake, by the way, the young player is going to be the MVP in the National League, uh, you kind of take him in the tunnel one-on-one. Yeah. Because one thing you don't want to do is ever embarrass someone in front of their peers because that, that can be a scar that can last a long time. But uh, evidently that uh, Bryce has got a, you know, a thin, a, a thick skin. Is, well, he told him it. to F off like five times to yeah. his face, and that's where Pablo yeah. Bond got right. Yeah, right. Okay, best, best pitcher you ever faced? Uh, best pitcher I ever faced was Juan Marichal, who I hit 340 off of. But the guy, <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, but the guy that was the best pitcher uh, record-wise, I couldn't hit Koufax with this table. Wow. I mean, Koufax, Ko, Koufax had a 97-mile-an-hour fastball, and his curveball broke like that. <laughs> and now, how in the hell are you going to hit that thing, okay? That falls off the table. <laughs> that, that yeah. Falls off the table. It snaps off the table. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, you know, he was voted uh, the greatest living pitcher at the All-Star game this year. It looks like a million bucks. Yeah, still. yeah. yeah he, he still does. does. He looks and great. And he, he just was uh, one of those guys that every time he went out there, he could pitch a no-hitter. Chris Colabello just went deep. We're watching uh, game number five here with Pete. That's why he's uh, in studio. So we're trying to get him out of here to watch the, the game with the rest of the crew. So We can see it. I mean, it's... Uh, okay. Yeah. That was important. It's important to score in first in this game. For, yeah, right. For Toronto. Colabello is he not like an old school baseball yeah, player? He, he He's he got just comes every day and plays hard. Yeah, love that guy. Um, you had more rapid fire, Jay. Yeah, best player you ever played with. Period. Mike Schmidt. Schmidt, really? Yeah, best. Wow. With. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you ask me the best player I ever played against, I'll just throw five names at you, and you could take your pick: Frank Robinson, Willie Mays. Hank Aaron, Roberto Clemente, and Stan Musial. Go ahead and take one. Good name. Now, the greatest player in the history of baseball, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth did something that uh, I don't even know if Gretzky could do in Canada. Babe Ruth saved the game just by his presence in this town or that town for right. a weekend yeah. series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I guess the great one might come as close to saving something. Well, he uh, certainly changed the game down yes. here. Yeah, yes. for yes. sure, for sure. Do you think is baseball like? Do you ever worry about the game, Pete? Like, do you ever worry that like, these games are too long? These games, you know, do you worry about stuff like that? No, like, I don't worry about it because I'm trying to figure why everybody's in such a damn hurry. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, football games take over three hours. Have you ever watched an NBA game the last two minutes of the game? Yeah, it's it takes excruciating. forever. I mean, here's here's the way it is. If you're a Toronto Blue Jay fan and you win, you lose today one and nothing, and the game takes 
two and a half hours, you're pissed off on the way home. If you come back tomorrow and they win 15 to one, it takes four and a half hours. You're happy as hell going home. Yeah, yeah. that's a great point. So what is the hurry? You know, you're going to be three hours, three and a half hours. So just go and, and, you know, people always complain about the price of a mission for a baseball game. Well, here's what happens. They go to the baseball game. This guy had four beers and three hot dogs and two bags of peanuts. So he, he paid for the tickets and he spent $150 on concessions. You don't go to the ballpark to eat. You go to see a f- game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So eat before you go to the ballpark. Yeah. Quit complaining about the. Pr- you ever try to price out a, a, a hockey ticket? Oh, it's oh pretty, in, in Canada, ridiculous. How about, an, how about an NBA ticket? Baseball is still the best deal right? because it, because each team plays eighty-one home games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's my thoughts. Tell me if you agree with. I know this is a bit off topic, but I was thinking the other day. No matter what the Blue Jays do in this postseason. It has to be looked upon as a successful season because you I had agree the, with that seminal moment in the in the game five in the seventh inning. Oh yeah, and a, a new generation of fans are interested in baseball I, again. So I, they don't, if they don't win the World Series, it's not all for nothing. They don't even get to it. Yeah. Okay. I look at it like this, and you know you can always be wrong when you when you assess something. But when spring training started this year, don't tell me the Toronto thought they were going to be playing for the right to go to the World Series. Kansas City. Believe they were going to go there correct because mm-hmm. they come off of a world being in the World Series. These guys in Toronto didn't start thinking about a World Series opportunity or possibility until they made those trades. Yeah, yeah you're right. They were a 100%. 500 team. They were a 500 team. So I I believe that losing this world this series we're watching right here would be a bigger disappointment for Kansas City than it, than it should be for uh, Toronto. 100%. Toronto is going to learn a lot for the next upcoming years based on this series right here. That's right. And you got kids like below yes. the age of 10 talking about baseball I in Canada. I agree with him wholeheartedly. Right. Yeah. The, it's the, not a disappointing season. I'm, they got one of the best offenses in the history of baseball, and they got the MVP of the league, Donaldson. Correct. So, you, you know, they, they, it's nothing but grass, green grass for them in, in the up, uh, upcoming years. I have a rapid fire. Is it true that you, in one of your first professional walks, you sprinted to first? I did all the time. I did it when I was nine years old. I just didn't start doing that when I got to the big leagues. So you just, that you know, was my just dad always told me, the faster you get your ass down the first, the faster you can get around to score a run. <laughs> and that's the only reason you're playing is to score a run. Mm-hmm. So does it drive you nuts when you see someone like Harper kind of not running out of Occasionally, ball? but it, 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 it did. <laughs> like, did you sprint mixed, out fly I'm mixed balls? on that. Let me tell you what. Sure. Yeah, it, it, it's just like, the, remember the guy hit the ball the other night where the second baseman goes in the right fielder? Correct. Yeah. He should have been on second, yeah. Why not? Right. What's he doing? Yeah. What, because when you don't run it out, then you're looking for a hole to get into. But today's day and age, aren't players thinking like, oh, that guy's trying to show us up? Some of them play hard. Some of them, you know, Mike Trout plays hard. Andrew McCutcheon plays hard. Uh, Matt Carpenter plays hard. Okay, Donaldson plays hard. Mm-hmm. He runs balls out. So why do some guys do it and some guys don't do it? It comes from leadership. It comes from the manager. You know, when I when I managed the Reds, 84, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, I never had a... Uh, I, I never had difficulty of someone running the ball out or someone being late to practice or someone missing a plane or missing a bus or not being in spring training in time. It, it comes well, from respect. But that, yeah, it comes more. That's more about you, though, yeah. Pete, right? Well, but I can only speak for the guys who played for me. I mean, I see guys all the time that, that don't run balls out and the manager don't say anything to them. Well, people's argument with the Harper. Matt Williams took Harper out of the game last year when he didn't run it out. Right, and but people other criticized players, them for other that. Other people said he hasn't earned the right to lollygag it to first, which was odd 
I don't think Consider anybody earns the right said. to allow a gay. Said, oh, think... if you've played in this game, this uh, league for ten years, you can do that. Right. They kind of well, cited like uh, Poppy and stuff like that. Well, right? when you, you know, you're talking about the big, the big slow <laughs> home run hitters. <laughs> right. I mean, when you play against May, Mays and Aaron and Clemente and those guys your whole life and Frank Robinson, I mean, they just, you know, don't 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 sit here and pat me on the back for the way I played because I I tell people I appreciate it, but I played the way you're supposed to play. You as a, a patron paying money to get in the game. It's a little base hit. Oh, he caught it. Uh, you paying money to get in the game. My obligation to you is to bust my for two and a half hours. Because there's one thing you can't do as an athlete. The athletes have to understand this. I don't give a darn how much money they make. Okay, I was on the set the last three days with two guys that signed over half a billion dollars in contracts. Yep. A-Rod and Scherzer. Okay? But my obligation to you is... To, to give you your money's worth, make you make you feel good when you left the game. Like, hey, I can't wait to come back on Tuesday. I'm there on Monday. It's mm-hmm. like a restaurant. If you don't give them a good food, they're not going to come back. If you don't have a good show, they'll turn to another station and listen to someone else. And that's that's a, that's the philosophy you got to have. I mean, you can't cheat the public, man. You can't cheat the fans. Who's your favorite manager right now, Pete? Uh, I don't have one. I don't have a favorite manager. Um, uh, I got respect for a lot of managers, and there's a lot of good managers and a lot of not-so-good managers. But you look at a team like the Nationals, I keep bringing it back to them, but I, I see all that talent, and I think, well, there's got to be someone out there who can get the best out of those players. Well, I'll tell you, Max told me the other day who he'd like to see manage it. I, 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 it was kind of interesting when he said it. I said, Max, who would you like to see manage the team? He says, hell. He says, give Ripken a chance. Yeah. He said, he that said I would too. like that. He said, I would like that. And I'm not worried about it. He said, they probably won't because they went out and got Matt Williams, who had no managerial experience, and tried to give him the job. They wouldn't do it again, you don't well, think. Well, you know, there's certain guys. There, there's certain guys. I didn't have any managerial experience when I took over the Reds. There are certain guys, that, and Cal Ripken's one. When he played, he played like a manager. You know, he was always by Earl Weaver. I was always by Sparky watching him not in the clubhouse drinking in between every inning, drinking a coffee or something. I'm watching what's going on in the game, you know, how you how you make the pitcher change or how you make the defensive replacement. And it's a little harder in the National League because you got to pinch hit. Mm-hmm. American League, you just sit back and let them play. Yeah. <laughs> I'd always hang out next to Earl Weaver, too, because you'd get a story every single oh, day. Oh, sure. I mean, that guy was... but there's certain, I mean, you know, I can honestly tell you, I don't think there's any manager in baseball don't know as much as the other managers know. You know, like some of these managers will, will, will want you to believe. You know, like Joe Madden drives me crazy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he does. I mean, and he's had success, no question about it. But, you know, I, I, I've been watching baseball my whole career. Baseball started in 1869, and there's been three managers that hit the pitcher eighth. Joe's one of them, the guy in Cincinnati, uh, Brian Price, another one, and Tony La Russa was another one. Now, what happened to all the other guys all the years managing? How come they didn't hit a guy eighth? And I heard Joe today say, well, we don't like to, we don't like team meetings. Last week he was saying, "Well, my team don't like to take batting practice. We're not taking batting practice for a week." What does he like? <laughs> Is are you thinking he's letting the the team? I mean, I mean, call the shots. Or? I don't know about that, but uh, someone told me that when he played in Tampa, that uh, the front office gave him the lineup. I don't know how true that is. Really? But wow. Joe's had success. He was manager a year twice, and he's got the Cubs in the playoffs. But uh, 
I guess his relaxed way is is it's getting in pajamas and get on the plane and fly from L.A. back to Chicago or bringing snakes in the clubhouse. <laughs> I mean, snakes. he brought pythons in the clubhouse. Yeah, he brought yeah, a bunch of reptiles. If I'm going to the ballpark to play a ball game and try to win a game, the last thing I want to see is a python in my locker. <laughs> yeah, just okay. in general, the last thing I want to see is a python. Yeah, because he might be a biting python. Exactly. Okay? It's just like it's just like Scherzer's going out. He's going down to, to swim with the sharks. Shark? Yeah. Why is he doing? He that? says, "Well, they don't they don't bite the people." I said, "How do you know that?" I says, "What happens if you got a shark just?" I mean, how do, you, how do you know? How do you know every shark's not going to bite a human being? Is there such a thing? <laughs> he's, he's, he's a mentally a, handicapped shark. Hey, why wouldn't there be? Yeah, I mean, point. he's not in. A, he's not in a tank. Yeah. When when he said he was going to scuba dive and th- stuff, I thought that would be in his contract that he's not allowed he's, to do. He's that. done yeah. it five years in a row now. Yeah, I'm surprised that they even let him do. I that. said, Max, if you get your arm bit off, you better hope it's your left arm. Yeah. You throw with that right arm. <laughs> Max Scherzer was great. I mean, he was he was unbelievable. He was great. He was great. I had more fun with him. Um, Pete, this has just been awesome having you here. This has been unreal. Yeah, thanks so I much. I got one more joke us. for you. Okay, yes, yeah, joke. Go out Tell out the joke. even more if you we're want. Playing, we're, we're playing against the Phillies. When I played against the Phillies, I could go up there like this and get two hits. You know, I could just hit the Phillies. They had no pitchers, and I hit like 340 against them. And Gene Mock is the manager, and I was not a guest hitter. You know, some guys guess for a pitch. I looked for a fastball and adjusted the other stuff. And I come up to plate this one time, and I look back at Mike Ryan, who's catching. And he's, I said, how you doing, Mike? He said, Mock told me to tell you what's coming. So he tells me the fastball, and he tells me a curveball. I turn around, and I look at Al Bar. I said, Al, tell him to shut the f- up. I don't need no help. He said, he's not breaking the rules. <laughs> so he, he told me every pitch for the first three times up. And I don't know if he's lying or not. So finally, there's a man on first. It's a tie game, one to one. We're hitting in the ninth inning. We're in Connie Mack Stadium. And I get back in, and he says, "I'm gonna throw you a curveball." I stepped out. And says, "I'm gonna look for a goddamn curveball." He said, "I'm gonna guess hit." I get back, and he said, "I'm still gonna throw you the curveball." So he throws me the curveball. I hit it off the scoreboard, which is in play. <laughs> okay, and we the guy scores from first. We win the game two to one. Next day, we come to the ballpark. It's raining, so we don't get any batting press. I come up, I hit the pitch. Hey, Mike, how you doing? He said, Mock told me to tell you, go f- yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect you to do? Yeah, Just- <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's my story, and I'll stick to it. Um, okay, so we're pitching at the Fox. Jay, you, me, in your Bentley, four hours, cameras roll. You got to bring the food, though. Oh, Deal. yeah. Done. We'll bring the, the eggs Deal. and the, we'll bring, uh, the salad. I stop at the same. I stop at the same place for gas. My buddy uh, at the gas station's got one eye. He got a patch over his eye. Where do you stop? That place where they have the uh, the UFO? The, what's in it? No, no. It's uh, what, see. I leave from Santa Clarita. I don't leave from here. I leave from Santa oh, okay. Clarita. So I go. I go to 14 to Pear Blossom to Palmdale Road. I just put f- it on the GPS. I don't know any of these oh. roads. You were on Sepulveda for a while the other day. That was a nightmare. You really experienced LA traffic at its worst. I I left it's this morning. I, I was late yesterday for the first time, but eight minutes. Yep. I left today at 10 after 7 and got here at 10 minutes to 9. R- what? Yeah, it took me an hour and 50 minutes. Why don't they, you get them, there's a hotel they put everyone up in a block away. Do you ever see my fiance? 
Uh, is she in the one in the commercial with you, yeah, Pete? Yeah, the Skechers hat? Oh, yeah. You'd yeah, sleep at the hotel very... or sleep with her. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's a great you point. Got, you, got, you got a good point. I'll give you a you got us there. Uh, yeah, I got you there, boy. I yeah, tell you that you right there. You got us there. No, you got it. You got it. You got to be. Re- you got. Do you ever see the? You ever see the guy that uh, the slap in the face? This is a slap in the face. Listen, now listen. What the? <laughs> God, what? I can't believe I just witnessed that. This is a slap in the face. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what did Pete Rose just show us? What I else is on that wish, phone? I, I wish all, I could do that. I Going through this. Pete's phone. I, w- I wish no, I could do is, that. We just got to have fun, man. This is when you get my age, you work at three or four times a week. Yeah. That's what you look like. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Can I actually improve the size of mine if I do work out, Pete? <laughs> Guys, thank you, man. All right, it was, it was awesome. Pete Rose, everybody. Pete. Thank you so that much, That was Pete. a blast. All right, thank you, Pete. Uh, Thanks for making the time. Yeah, honestly, appreciate it. No problem, man. Yeah, that's going to be the whole Cartwright show. It's all fun. It's four hours. Erase those. Oh, yeah. We beep everything. Don't worry. That's it. I mean, that was an awesome interview. So Pete's got to go do his work on TV, and we're part of the post-game show, so we have to run as well. Uh, Things are going to slow down once the baseball playoffs are over, but when you broadcast the playoffs, you're kind of busy at the station that is broadcasting. Uh, Thanks so much for listening to the pod. Go to my website, jayonwright.com. Order the new book, number two, and I'll see you in Canada in November. It was a pleasure, everybody. See you next week for episode 87. Bye-bye. Thank you.